And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 131. Welcome. to the world of myth bits a little bit of housekeeping to warm your ears so first and foremost the missing unicorn in the land of the zombie fairies uh by david k montoya and illustrations by et moi uh actually is going to come out on june 5th to synchronize with the opening of myth mart so i have kind of gotten a little glimpsey glimpse of everything um there's some really cool stuff on there and i am still working on some concepts to put up there for exclusives um nothing more on that now but yeah so so keep that in mind june 5th awesome and we can officially announce the next contestants moving forward for the open contract challenge and again with our 10 minute drum roll to really concentrate on the anticipation i'm not gonna try to make a sound effect i'm sorry (laughs) so contestant number five is tim law and contestant number six is stephen oliver so congratulations to you both uh i can honestly say that so far everybody we've been uh getting to see move forward i am super stoked to see the results of this contest because this is a super solid team congratulations guys yeah amazing amazing foot forwards 
feet forward. Feet forward. Foot forwards. <laughs> Foots forward. Feet forward. All right. Get stepping. So what have we been up to? Uh, I have been working on a bunch of graphics and logos and made a super intelligent uh, move in my life to switch programs <laughs> in the midst of requiring uh, or in the midst of trying to make these logos. So that's been fun for me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, we've actually been kind of spending our time, Joe more than I. And uh... we have a new podcast coming to the network um, in a few months. To preface this, we um, were playing around with some ideas a while back, creating these audio experiences. I think now next week, you're actually going to hear something fresh, and it's for something special for member of the month. So keep that in mind. But on this other podcast, we've always been toying around with uh, these audio experiences and putting forth these experiences. Almost like if you had an audio drama, but it was, it was a, it's a little different, you know, um, script-wise. You know, the way it's scripted and everything like that. So I put together this first episode of this idea that was kind of kicked around. I wrote it, mostly. Jenna's co-writer on there. Uh, you, you wrote it, and then I just kind of was like, hey... <laughs> Let me change this yeah. word. The, the solid, you have the solid input, you know, kind of <laughs> like with, um, you know, you, you have an idea and you kind of throw it around. Yeah. And if it doesn't stick, then you get rid of it. Yeah. You know. And plus, I'm really I'm really finicky when it comes to not finicky. I'm really uh, uh, anal when it comes to writing and what, you know, gets put out there under you know, my name or your name. And so I, I want to make sure that every that's that's where I come in. I'm the uh, <laughs> I'm the jerk behind the scenes. <laughs> the bully. The bully. <laughs> no, you can't write it like that. No. Don't write that guy like that. No. The majority then I wrote it. And it was like ninety nine point nine point nine point nine 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 nine. Produced it. Um, I scored it. I wrote the music. The sounds, the sound effects though are more so borrowed, but then I also edited a few of the sounds to make them sound different. Public domain. Public domain sounds, <laughs> right. So I use public domain sounds because I was kind of under a crunch. You know, um, the sound effects for like typing on the keyboard and everything, that's all me. Plus the bag. I made the sound effects for the bag and everything like that. Oh, we also voiced it. Yeah. Um, so we did the uh, acting <laughs> we did the voiceovers for him. <laughs> Which this works because, you know, like my my dream growing up, I wanted to be like a like many faced threat. You know, I wanted to sing. I wanted to act. I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to do all of these things. And, you know, life happens. And I'm doing like most of those things now, which is awesome. So, uh, and I did not realize I also wanted the same thing until <laughs> later in life. And I'm but like, you know, oh, you know what? What's funny is okay, so I want to tell this really quick story. I know I've talked about like how Joe and I met. We started talking through a mutual friend, and um, we wound up talking because he lived in Arizona at the time, I lived in California, and uh, as we were kind of courting one another <laughs> we started kind of talking about these like goals we have we were what 20 21 ish and 
you know, I think a lot of them, it was funny, they aligned. Granted, I only found out later that you were just saying that because you were like, she cute. Uh, <laughs> Pulled mail card, didn't you? <laughs> you fessed up to that, sir. But I think genuinely, I don't, I, I truly don't think that was all of it. I think uh, we were both just, just silly little little children at the time and uh, trying to sound much more impressive than we really were at that age. <laughs> so, you know, to say like, oh, I want to direct this movie or I want to I want to write and do all of these things, you know, just sounded so Grandois. Uh, and like we really had our, our stuff together. <laughs> but again, we were we were just children. So the point I, I'm kind of trying to drive home here is I think, you know, the and I don't mean to get mushy or anything like that, but, you know, I think we we have definitely settled into, you know, our, our roles as a married couple as partners <laughs> and, you know, striving to to go about all of these endeavors with nothing but support and respect and excitement, you know, and I don't know, like, I know there's, there's probably people who like, it probably doesn't work very well if they're trying, you know, if they're trying to, to uphold a like, romantic relationship or something, but I don't know, like, that's what works for us. And I don't know. My point is, I'm very proud of you. What that you is what I'm trying to, to say. What do you mean? What, upholding a romantic relationship and oh, working relationship? Is that what you're talking about? Well, because, you know, a lot of times the way people kind of, uh, orchestrate relationships as having to be, you know, a million things in one. <laughs> I was just asking. Questions. I I I think I just mean you know how a lot of different relationships take different ingredients for them to work well, and I think the the main thing that makes us work really well is our creativity and these these ideas that we have and all of that. Um, and again, like that, you know, respect and that eagerness to see what, what we're going to create, because we've seen you go through how many different, uh, I don't want to say hobbies, but endeavors, you know, <laughs> like just things to tackle for the sake of tackling. And, um, it's always exciting. It's always exciting to see you kind of jump in and, and again, tackle these, these goals, you know, to just to, for the sake of seeing if you can do it. And then I know you don't really surprise yourself probably, but I mean, like everybody is just always so amazed because it's just you put forth so much vigor <laughs> behind everything. So, again, like I said, my I'm sorry to get all mushy and make everybody listen to this, but I'm just very, very proud and very excited. Oh, thank you. Um, also, on the note of that is because I've always said that all of this all of these things have to come together and make one thing like all these things for some reason, like in your, in your mind, you're like, all these things would have to happen or you do these things because it was something was at the end of it. Oh you yeah. Know? Um, it almost feels like that. There's nothing that wasn't off about it. It's kind of like when you're talking about the, the Spitfire audio, you know, when I first jumped into, um, uh, writing music and composing and everything like that. Spitfire just happened to throw this thing on, you know. It's just odd how things work like that. Anywho, besides all that good stuff. So, what we have here is a story, I guess you'd call him a monster hunter, but he's more of a 
person who had learned monster hunting by his own means. So he's a DIY hunter, right? <laughs> now, the idea came about because we were kicking this around for a while. You know, and I definitely would like to thank Jayzo Modcast for upping this production, you know, um, allowing the space for it. And then I would also like to thank Under the Door Studios for putting them together. Thank you, me, and thank you, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> Can we tell the story? Okay, finish what you're saying, then I want to tell the story of that name later. Go ahead. Okay. Um, <laughs> so please enjoy our creation of a DIY monster hunter. Our hero is in the process of writing his memoirs, but also actively taking on new cases as a private investigator. Right. Um, so please... Enjoy the first episode, or pilot episode, of Sophia. I've heard of magic street performers being of the arcane talented. So I sauntered my way downtown for a show. Grabbing a coffee and a perch, I sat quietly watching the one fascinating specimen flaunt his levitating abilities. Onlookers joyously tossing coin in a hat next to a sign that read, Love and Tricks, seemed to be the same difference in my mind. After pulling the wool over the audience's eyes, he concluded his gig and bid them farewell for the evening. I made my way over to him. After a few pleasantries were exchanged, I was trusted to purchase him a coffee, and we sat and spoke of the wondrous things life has to offer. He described visions and feelings, he spoke openly. It was rather pleasant. After a few more of his shows and long exhausted chats, I came forward with my knowledge of his arcane abilities. I needed information. A witch that was not in her right mind was pulling sacrifices around town. I needed an inn. Nice. One would believe that there would be levels to hierarchy in the lore. There is not. No magic cops, as one would assume. The truth is, it's not as common to be born with these abilities. And unfortunately, some are tormented by mental afflictions. Some believe a higher power is speaking through them, commanding them, some sort of dark lord. And as the world sits now, there are no mental health clinics for incredibly powerful beings. Most humans don't even know or care to acknowledge their existence. After some convincing, the performer's information led me to a tattoo shop off third. It was owned and run by three artists, one being the witch I was after. I sat across the street, waiting until they closed in the early hours of the morning. <laughs> artists. My eyes were peeled as each of the trio got in their own vehicles, two out of three pitching their headlights. It was a quiet message. They were safe. As the witch flicked on the low beams with a wash of light against the building, I could see her body freeze within the shadows. I felt her voice tear through me. I even cover myself in animal urine to mask my sin. Huh. Maybe I should leave the part out when at that moment, she dissolves into space, appears in front of me, locks onto me, and while we're both hurling through space and time, I thrust my knife on her side. You know what? Maybe I should write it like this. The shrill cry of the creature echoed through the dark alleyway. I will answer their call. Death be thy name. <clears throat> Death.
speed I came. I followed the convenient trail of blood that was left with a precise strike. It may look and bleed like this, but it is something else. The creature has found itself losing momentum, becoming fatigued. Lazily leaning its side against the wall, its shoulder pressed into the brick. It let out one more exhausted breath, escaping before dropping to its knees. Do you know that scene in every movie when the hunter tells the prey why they are their target? That moment is now, Claire. <sighs> Demon? I taunt the creature with this, hoping for one last fight before I banish it from this realm. It appears to be a lost cause, however. There's too much blood. The gash I had given it had sealed the deal. As I approached the creature, it looked up at me, its face showing signs that it had already left this world. It pursed its lips and lifted its head as to accept my blade. Closing its eyes, it took its last breath as I severed. Hmm. It just seems like I'm hunting a person. This witch had incredible powers. Maybe I'll dust a little Hollywood over this altercation. Maybe leave the part in with the transfer through space and time. I give her the gash, we exit, and then the scene takes place. Clean. <laughs> Can't believe when I struck her we actually split from space and time and I was hurled into that bush. She was thrown off her equilibrium and hurled into a grill of an oncoming car. <sighs> Sad. Oh, I need to make a note about my relations from earlier in the chapter. Carnal knowledge with... Jess... Eh. Creature. Carnal knowledge with creatures. Good afternoon, I have just arrived. Are you here already? I am in the red candy. Huh. I'll be out shortly. Nice color. Thank you, and also thanks for meeting me. As I explained, it was just odd circumstances. I didn't know private investigators had the same exact pool, but I brought the... evidence. It was right there, just sitting on the refrigerator shelf. Disgusting. That is an impressive fecal specimen. It's the size of an infant's arm. Are you able to run a DNA test or something? Something of the same caliber. Whatever happened to your salesman, this will be our best lead. There was nothing else, huh? No other signs? Not that I can think of. Everything seemed to be in place. As I said a week ago, he texted me the night before with a rather ranty list of things wrong with society. The next day, he didn't show up for work or contact me. So a couple hours later, I went to drag him out of bed, nowhere to be found. I have a spare key to his place, you know, just in case. All there was was that. <laughs> Alright, I'll run this and see what it reveals. We'll find him and uncover what has left you this message. Thank you so much for your time, Roland. I'll send over your fee for the week. I'll keep in touch. Lichen. 
chapter two, the mating rituals of werewolves. And raise lights. What do you think? I am, again, like, I, I I know people just, like, probably don't love hearing me sit here and, and marvel. Smell on the scent of your own poo? No, <laughs> no it's Mine. The, the, the fart. It was the smell of your own fart. That's right. <laughs> but no, I, I just, again, like, I'm so proud of you. And, and I know, like, you, you put this together really, really fast. Not so much the script and all that, but but the effects and everything. But it just, I don't know, it's so funny. And I think, you know, within our household, the first thing I did after he showed me the final product was I, I made my mom listen to it. My mom is kind of the, the, the tell of will it, it reach an audience because just because that's that's my mom's role and so I made her listen to it and she was cracking up and that's when I was like okay that's how this is this is gold to me but again like I'm a little biased uh because yeah but no I I I just think it's hilarious I love everything about it thank you for listening to my critique and my my honest opinions and whatnot. Yeah, because uh, that's really the testing moment on these these projects. Because you always got to question the, the the the. I guess you question the ego or the time or anything. Mm-hmm. Because originally that music that you heard of the jazz was not my original composure. <laughs> right, my original composure. I was having a different. I was in a different mindset for his character at that point, and then. Once, I guess, if you call it, test it. So you test it out, and it doesn't work. You got to scrap it. You can't get upset and whatnot. You can't get upset and, you know, worry about it. It's like, okay, I scrap that one. It's not going to work because it's just not going to work. So I feel that, you know, with your suggestion on this this other piece of music, although I think you, you kind of suggested his, his character, like you just said, it's not, it's not fitting. You know, I don't know what it is. It's not fitting. So you sit there and say, okay, so we have the noir. No, no, no. So, um, yeah. And I think that just that really helps define who he is, especially, you know, the fact that uh, obviously don't want to give too much away. But like like you would explain, he's like this DIY monster hunter. So obviously he's going to think of himself a little bit more uh, with a little bit more ego than maybe is earned. And that's fine. I think we all do. That. Yeah. And I think it's it's perfectly uh, uh, believable that his narrative mo- voice would be this like gumshoe detective, and I don't know, like to me, I just, I, it's funny, and you know, I, I really like how you were able to kind of manipulate the sound, uh, you know, because the first thing I brought up was the the Jessica Jones soundtrack, which is an amazing feat, you know, and and I'm not going to go into that, just how they were able to combine uh, these worlds. And so, but I mean, Jessica Jones earns the ego, but <laughs> that's beside the point. Uh, but yeah, like I think just, you know, figuring out and learning who these characters are and, and at the, you know, 
end of the day, they're your characters, so. Right. And I, and I feel that the music was placed because, like, like I was saying, there's a, there's a difference between composing music and then actually writing mm-hmm. know, music on there. And I would definitely like to, in future episodes and um, uh, future projects, to kind of envelop and create a musical theme, you know, behind yeah. it, such as if you had an opening theme, <laughs> kind of like with this story, um, to open it up and then to create the pilot and then you'll notice that they'll introduce like in, in shows and whatnot they'll introduce the theme song after the pilot mm-hmm. because you have to have this understanding of what's going on you know it's quite a bit of work you know let's not let's not kid ourselves about the work aspect on here you know it, it is quite a bit of work but i mean just look just look at what is accomplished in one year you know like take it back against the uh, writing and everything, and obviously things can be polished on this pilot episode, but that's pretty much what it is, is the, the pilot to test it out, you know. This is probably the most complex piece we've ever really put together. Oh, for sure. You know. But also feel that I hope, like, everybody listening had enjoyed it. Please let me know. Please let Jenna know. You know, uh, give me feedback on her. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I should... <laughs> not sure you should ask for feedback you know i just feel that i don't need to create something just in the sake of creating i mean you're always definitely going to want to create what you want to create mm-hmm. and that's definitely i wanted to make this mm-hmm. otherwise it would not exist um but also i don't want to waste anybody's time you know or waste my own time you know but that's also kind of a double-edged sword right there in itself because you have to go through these other things to know what's not going to work yeah you know well and also i think it comes you also have to think of it as you know where where you stand with your self-esteem and i get what you're saying with oh you know i don't want to waste anybody's time and and that's never you know the goal but it's almost impossible to deem what uh, is going to be considered, you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. uh, cause of course I think all creatives go through, through bouts of, oh, it's not good enough or, yeah. you know, nobody's going to want to see or listen or, you know, read or whatever. Um, right. and so it kind of cut you, you have to walk this like fine line of, you know, either this is sheer gold or it's garbage. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like as self-awareness, um, yeah, and and it's it's everything about self awareness, but also you know it it's yeah, and it's it's about self esteem, and I know all art is subjective too. You know, I mean, people are gonna like what they like, and that's always the the beauty behind it too, because that means then you can also uh, manipulate your characters, such as there are certain things we cannot write about right now, right. You had mentioned that before the whole endeavor. <laughs> said there are things you cannot write about, and I will accept that. You know, uh, I will accept my space. So, how do I decorate my space the best way possible? But it's also creating creating that space. You know, and and it's not to say, oh, you can't write about this. It's how you're going to go about writing it, and if you're going to make sure that you're not taking something from somebody else. If that makes sense. Beside the point that besides not taking space, but, you know, to, to critique 
you know, and, and, and to improve upon, let's use this as an example, the cable guy. <laughs> so the cable guy was actually written by an L.A. prosecutor, um, Lou Holtz Jr. But once the script was bought and they brought on Judd Apatow and all the gang, then Judd Apatow went in and refined the entire script, mm-hmm. right? Because originally the movie was about uh, the cable guy being more like a what about Bob type of friend. Like he's always intrusive into the friendship, but he doesn't have the psychotic episodes that Carrie had uh, brilliantly brought to the table. Mm-hmm. You know, it became a lot darker. It became a darker thing. And it's odd, like the ratings behind the movie. It's like, oh, that's one of the greatest films ever created. It really know? is. Um, but that's to, to, to showcase that even though we feel that it's one of the greatest movies ever created, you know, you can tell by the ratings that that's not the case. You think Um, about that, like how many, how many movies do you think like Judd Apatow touched that you love, right? This is 40, Knocked Up, Fun with Dick and Jane, you know, he's got all the classics out there. And I didn't even realize that until I was like running through his his list this morning, and I was like, "Oh, that that makes a lot of that makes a lot of sense." So that just goes to show that art is always going to be subjective, but that doesn't put me on the side fact that I hope everybody had enjoyed it. <laughs> and on that note, uh, the issue of the magazine coming out this week uh, today, I think I did put forward the greatest piece of my entire life, which is uh, my heartfelt review of a film I think a lot of people have been waiting for me to write about because of uh you know my 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 stances my political stances and whatnot so I hope you enjoy my review of Grease 2 <laughs> <laughs> some might will <laughs> Yeah, I really like it started out. I have to say this really quick. I could save it for the review, but it was funny because I was kind of like talking to to Dave as I was writing it. And this thing came out to almost 4000 words (laughs) before I had to go rewrite it (laughs) because that's how much I love uh, Grease 2. Yes. (laughs) I've not read it yet. So uh, let us let us bask in the glory (laughs) of the cool writer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is um, that movie has, like, horrible reviews, okay? Like, people hated it. Um, but I think, you know, because when when I sent it over to Stephanie, she was like, yes. Uh, and so I think, like, a lot of people, it just it, reviews mean nothing. Like, and when I say that, I mean, like, when you go on, on IMDb and stuff, I mean... Look at there's a whole like like scandal with Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb where you know you'd uh, say one thing about a, a movie before it even came out and it would get slandered for ridiculous reasons and you know I always make the mistake of <laughs> I think a lot of that's clickbait now though. it kind of but I mean like you go on to let's okay here's a great example uh, Westworld. Yeah, as you know, I, nobody's I, ever said anything bad oh, about that all in the entirety. Oh uh, boy, what? hold on. I I know I screenshotted it because my I was genuinely like, what in the world? It's got to be a meme or something. No. So this was regarding season two, okay? And this is the kind of stuff that just 
makes me regret ever even going into the comment sections. But uh, on the other hand, it's so freaking funny. Okay. This was from May 15th, 2018, and it's titled PC Mess. And it's two out of ten stars. So far, this season has been a real disappointment, devolving into an endless series of mindless cartoonish shootouts and random acts of violence and carnage as our intrepid heroines seek revenge and retributions. The fact that all the strong lead characters are females and the men bumbling idiots is instructive and reflects the current PC imperative that is seeping into nearly all new media presentations. This heavy-handed approach is glaringly obvious and adversely affects the whole tone of the show. It's now... I'm going to get this tattooed on my forehead. It's now just a vehicle for female empowerment. How dare, how dare a show have anything to do with women in the lead? Besides they were robots. <laughs> you knew. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what I mean. Like you see like these people who just genuinely get so upset over the stupidest things. If seeing women in lead care or lead roles really bothers you that much, don't watch it. That's all I can tell you. If that's really something that is that offensive, don't watch it. You know, it's, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> I think that's like the, the that's got to be like a troll thing, you know. I'm sure it is, but you see so so much of that rhetoric on these reviews with anything if you have media because you of course we have media that is it tends to be marketed towards men and the media that tends to be marketed towards women and it's a whole other stupid system but when you look at the media that that tends to be marketed more toward men but it's actually not you know it's it's a show for every well not everybody but it's a show for for adults and not gender-based, that's where you tend to see a lot of those trolls just really, really push themselves out of the woodwork and decide that... <laughs> just, I... The, the, that, that, like, that review has stuck with me as the funniest thing. I think when it comes to, like, you know, when you look at, like, a lot of reviews, a lot of opinions and whatnot, they're always... There's always going to be some stupid thing that's going to bring it down to like if it if it's something that should be like a, a eight out of ten stars. There's going to be like a nice group of people who make sure that that is not the case. And I cannot remember what got me on this traction of that besides Grease too. I think it's because you're talking about reviews not having merit <laughs> and yet they do they do and they don't and it's you know and it even like to go back to like the uh our reviews we don't go into it thinking our opinions are the opinions you know we go into it and we try to be as fair as possible and we never go into it maliciously and you know it's it's just for fun and we also know not every creative works the same you know and so like I I always try to find the great things about about media and stories and everything and I've said it before and I will continue to say it until I'm blue in the face that uh even if you see or read or hear or whatever something 
there is somebody who has something in it that they're very proud of, whether it is um, a special effect, whether it is a sound effect, whether it's a song, whether it's um, a makeup, whether it's a sentence, whatever the case, somebody, you know, felt that that was a great moment for them. And of course, there are times where you're just like, "Mm." (laughs) but most of the time, like if you really look for those little nuggets of of beauty within uh, stories and whatnot, you're going to see them. And um, I think that has a lot to do with what you're trying to say is like staying in the space. Yeah. We're talking about earlier, because if you stay in the space and decorate the space, Mm -hmm. you know, then you're going to have a lot easier time instead of trying to invade something, something else. Yeah. You know, that I'm not saying not to adventure out. Yeah. Not, yeah, not, not, not to adventure out. And, 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 and invade this this other space and whatnot. It's just mm, trying to wrap your head around the ideas and taking the ideas and you have to wrap your head around the environment before even trying to conceptualize mm-hmm. your own environment, if yeah. that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and, you know, going back to, to the podcast and everything, or you know, I think, you know, where we have constantly been able to really hone our skills is by pushing to put if it's something we're not willing to attach our names to then we don't want to do it you know what I mean and so that's why it's always refinement and perfecting and nothing's ever going to be 100% perfect I wish but that's not the case. Right. Um, such as such as in with this episode. Yeah. To, I had to, because of time, to actually produce it and crunch it out. It's missing a scene that I was really trying to push for. But because of time and everything like that, um, it just shouldn't make it. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to try and write that in into the uh, first episode of the new podcast coming up. Look at it this way. Like I said, we just binge played Resident Evil 7 and 8. Um, when Resident Evil 8, I, I want to say they released a demo for uh, one of the chapters, and it was so different than what was actually in the game. So that's kind of what this is. It's not that it's different. It's just a little a little whisper of a taste, and then, you know, see what we, we need to do to to make it, like... Right. Top tier quality. Absolutely. So one last time, I hope you enjoyed this production of Sophia by Under the Door Studios. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can tell the story about that really quick okay. before we leave. So a couple years ago when, when Joe started uh, blacksmithing, he would do it in the garage. And <laughs> the the garage door w- tended to be open a couple a couple feet just to keep... You know, nice flow. I keep that air <laughs> in his little forge. So, you know, he actually started like producing a lot of a lot of products and everything. And he's like, "Oh, I need a name," and it kind of became this like running joke with with my family and and you know everybody we live with. What's he building in there? Like, what is he doing? I am a huge Tom Waits fanatic, <laughs> and he has this piece. Uh, what's he building in there? And uh, it just kind of became this like uh, <laughs> perfect narrative <laughs> for for Joe. Um, 
and obviously if we as we've kind of progressed into our creative endeavors now it's kind of become like a, a duo thing so now it's it's what are they building in there uh, <laughs> so uh we are now under the door studios very nice <laughs> All right, you can find us at www.theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and the Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine and on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. Thank you for listening. Until next time.